1: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra. And Brooke, hockey is getting closer. I think we're getting closer. It still looks like early January for training camps and sometime around mid-January for the start of the season. Those are the objectives right now for, I think, the NHL and the NHLPA. Nothing is finalized, but an announcement could be coming soon. And that means Flyers hockey is around the corner. So, Brooke, we have some fun topics for today. And when we think of next season, this upcoming season, how can we not think about Oscar Lindblom? Seeing him back in a Flyers jersey on the ice, all is looking good so far. And it was great because his girlfriend came out. His girlfriend's name is Alma Linkvist. She came out and posted on Instagram that after his checkup, uh, Oscar Lindblom is still cancer-free. We know he was deemed cancer-free in July when he completed his radiation treatments incredibly he returned to the Flyers in the second round of the playoffs and his most recent checkup a year after the announcement of his diagnosis, he is still cancer-free. Beautiful news. How cool is the Seabrook, Osterlinbaum, still cancer-free? And it's looking like he's going to be gearing up to play this season and be right back in his role.
0: This is probably in such a terrible 2020 (laughs) that we have had this development with Oscar Limblom and has been so heartwarming and it kind of just gives you that sense of, okay, good things are still able to happen. And I think anybody who's been around Oscar Limblom as media, as teammates, as fans, they know that he is one of the best, most kind hearted people that you, that you have the pleasure of working around. Um, so hearing this news and honestly, I was, I was really emotional the first game that he came back in the summer because you just, you never really expected it to happen. So he basically defied all expectations and came back and to think that he's gearing up for a full season after his previous one got cut short. I mean, ugh. You just I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for his friends, for his family, for the Flyers, because he's he's a really special person on the ice and off the ice and oh that's just it just makes me so happy every time I think of it because he's such a good person. And And, uh, he's gonna crush it this year. He's gonna crush it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you could really sense motivation from him after the game seven Otterners loss when He played in Game 6, of course. They won. Then he played in Game 7. And he was addressing the media after Game 7. And you could tell he was frustrated that they lost. He wanted to win that game. And then you could definitely tell he was just eager for a clean slate. Let's get back to work. Let's start working out. Um, Let's get back to focusing on next year and being myself again. He was so eager for this season. And it's looking like he's going to get his shot to just show who he is again, return to form, and I just remember, Brooke, too, like you said, seeing him this summer on the ice was just incredible. Like, you see Lindblom, number 23, and it was just so surreal because you're thinking just, you know, in December of last year, before the new year, he's diagnosed. And, like, you're not thinking at all about him playing again. You're just thinking of his life. You're thinking of his life. And then to see him back on the ice in a jersey before the conclusion of this current that current season, just remarkable. And, Brooke – Um, If all is well with Oscar and he's looking like himself again, and the Flyers, of course, we know they believe in him, but I'm sure he's going to have to get into training camp and really prove himself, earn his role, and look like himself again. Where do you think he fits in the lineup? Where would you like to see him in the lineup if all is well and he's ready to go?
0: I think at one point, if all is well, I don't see him being in the bottom six. just because you saw that he was about to be on the verge of helping drive the offense for the Flyers last season. And right before the diagnosis in December came out, he was tied with Konechny for most goals scored. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, that's just, you think back to drafting and he's a fifth round pick. So again, kudos to Ron Hextall because he's a gem. He was basically a little diamond. Not, not saying that talent really subsides in the later Browns, but to find somebody who has the ability to drive offense as well as Oscar does is just incredible. So I think Limbaugh's definitely going in the mentality of, okay, I want to be right where they last saw me in terms of, you know, aside from the two games in the playoffs. And that for me does not seem to be in the bottom six. I definitely think he might start off on the third line just because even though the team did have a handful of games this summer, he's still almost over a year without playing full games. So, and that's... Three months longer than the majority of the team, in terms of season aspects. Um, so, yeah, I see him probably starting off in the third line, but you know, Vigneault, the minute you see something clicking, he's going to start moving him up. And if you can see Linwam reaching that kind of pace with Konechny.
1: Yeah.
0: who Who. I can't sure. whistle, but I would whistle there <laughs> if I could.
1: <laughs> I did it for you, bro. I did it for Thank you. you. <laughs> I got the whistle there. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Remember how fun they were? Me and Limblom? Oh, like, my God. Right the, chemistry,
0: the, the chemistry between those two, I was like, holy crap. Holy crap. And then there was, yeah, analysis, right? Holy crap. <laughs> um, there were even parts of the previous season, so 2018, 2019, <laughs> um, which was – basically his only full season in the league so far, mm-hmm. I remember seeing glimpses of him with Nolan Patrick that I enjoyed watching so much. And it was actually surprisingly found on their West Coast road trip. And that, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but Lindblom has such a keen eye when he's behind the net. And in those senses, because you know he's fully capable of shooting, you know, you know the talent that he has in front of the net, but he has the ability to set players up with precise passing, and it's so crisp. And I remember watching certain replays, and I was like, he has eyes on the back of his helmet right now because yeah. there's no way that he would have seen that before. And it was clicking really well with him and Patrick. So and this, that even works for if Nolan is ready at some point this season, if they can get Limblom to help. Nolan out. Yeah. Then it might even make sense for them to be on the third line together. But I don't know, there's a lot of exciting aspects for Lindblom's return because he can elevate the lines in multiple different ways.
1: Yeah, I remember the read on Lindblom was that he was a goal scorer. We knew we knew what he did in the Swedish Elite League scoring goals and that was the excitement, a winger that could score goals. But, boy, is he an underrated passer. Like you said, Brooke, he can really pass and find people. His vision's really good. And I remember talking to Nolan Patrick in that 2018-19 season. Lindblom had 17 goals as a rookie. And, he, like you said, they clicked. And I remember talking to Nolan about, hey, it seems like he's an underrated passer. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he does not get enough credit for how smart he is in terms of finding you, knowing where you are on the ice, and making plays. Nolan just raved about him. And then to see what he did with Travis Konecki last season – was so exciting 22 uh, year old Travis connecting he turned 23 during the season but 22 years old and 23 years old connecting and Limblom. excitement there real excitement and I'm with you Brooke I would I, I think they're going to ease him in a little bit because we know he's had the whole season to work and get ready and stuff like that but you really do have to remember he was diagnosed last December and if they start the season sometime mid-January that will mean he, have, he has played two hockey games, two competitive NHL games in over a year. And we hear you can be as ready as all you want, but players always say it's really, really, really difficult to simulate game action. So I think Oscar's really going to have to get in there and build up his conditioning, build up that, that game condition. So why not? Why not start him a little lower on a third line where he can still be effective, play with guys, but not have the pressure of like, hey, I'm in the top six here. But my goal and what I would love to see is see him on that second line with Konechny and Hayes. We just saw mm-hmm. so much chemistry with Konechny and then I just think him playing alongside Kevin Hayes could be exciting. I think that could be a really dynamic second line, uh, but why not ease him in? I'm with you there on, on that, on that Brook, for sure. Tis the season to thrill at the Nissan year-end sales event. Get in, then get out, and experience the most riveting ride of the year in a brand new Nissan. These savings on Nissan's lineup are sure to raise your pulse. Well, Brooke, it's funny. We talk about Oscar Lindblom, and we forget, uh, not long ago, he was a prospect that was coming up, and people were getting excited about him as a fifth-round kid that was suddenly developing into an NHL player. Well, speaking of prospects, we love the World Junior Championship, and it's so exciting that is coming up. That's going to be hockey to watch. World Junior Championship, uh, the under-20 tournament, the best under-20 tournament players in the world and the Flyers have three of their prospects in the tournament. Cam York and Bobby Brink will play for team USA. Emil Andre will play for team Sweden exhibition games begin this Sunday, December 20th. And then the tournament begins on Christmas day. The U S plays Russia on that day. And then Sweden opens its schedule the day after they play the Czech Republic. Those three prospects Brooke will be short of short on the watch and you can catch every single game on the NHL Network. I know I'll be tuning in. I know Brooke Deschers certainly will. Brooke, of those three kids, give fans what prospect you're probably most excited to see and why.
0: If anybody's listened to this podcast up until this point, they know that I'm going to say Cam York. I'm sorry, everybody listening. I'm not going to change things up just to spice things up for you all because I am that – I'm all in on Cam York. So, sorry to disappoint if you wanted to fact-check me or pull up your seats and be like, oh, she said someone different. No. no I'm you've sticking been... with, I'm sticking with Cam York. That's never nope. going to change. Um, but it's great to be able to see him in a different setting aside from watching him in the NCAA. And... <laughs> I love World Juniors for so, so many reasons and it's that time of year because Jordan Hall knows this, our producer Ben Barry knows this. I love Christmas. I love the <laughs> holiday season. I and it's combining my two favorite things. Yeah. We get hockey and we get the holidays. And it just I sit back and I think about how much fun it's probably for all of these younger guys going to this huge tournament that like all eyes are going to be on it, especially this year because there's no NHL happening right now. So obviously everybody's craving hockey. This is a great time for fans to be able to tune in and watch some of their up and coming prospects that are probably going to be in the league in the next few years. But just imagine being one of these kids and going to this, like, I hear all of the time that growing up, these kind of tournaments are always like the highlights of the year, but world juniors in specifics, it's just, Oh my God. Just imagine being able to wake up Christmas day and be like, let's go play hockey. Yeah. Let's, let's have the whole world watch us play. And I love it because you basically wake up in the morning and it's like, Hey, let's do it. Merry Christmas. Let's talk pucks. So, I figured why not hype people up instead of gassing up Cam York this time because everybody always already knows that I, I'm thrilled to watch him play, to watch him develop, and I can't wait to see how he contributes to Team USA. Um, but yeah, this is kind of like a, like a nod. Make sure to check out The World Juniors if you haven't before. Honestly, I've only been watching it for the past maybe three, three years i think okay. um because that's when i started to really dive into prospects yeah. and holy crap i look it's one of the things that i look forward to every single year we have the stanley cup playoffs we have world juniors so merry christmas we have hockey
1: <laughs> merry christmas for brooke desher she's going to be watching cam york that's going to be her guy and i think for the flyers fans team usa will be must watch hockey uh, with Brink and Cam York. Cam York, a sophomore at Michigan, uh, 2019 first-round pick of the Flyers. Bobby Brink, sophomore at Denver. He, he went in the following round, the second round in t- 2019 to the Flyers. Both exciting players, and they're supposed to be playing some pretty prominent roles on the U.S. So I think U.S. will be much, must-watch hockey for Flyers fans. And, Brooke, I'll go a little outside the box. I'm going to say Emil Andre, uh, Swedish defenseman, tiny kid, Flyers drafted him in October, 2020 draft, second-round pick. And I've heard he's a real slick puck mover, very smart, can produce points. And I say Emil Andre because I haven't seen him play much. We know he plays the receives, obviously, whereas I've seen York play a bunch. I've seen Bobby Brink play a bunch. Love watching those kids play. I really haven't seen a lot of Emil Andre, and I think this is a great chance to kind of watch him play, see what he's like, see how his game is against some of the top Uh, under 20 players in the world so i'm going to say emil andre but uh, i know we're going to be excited to watch these three kids and it's so fun like you said you're so used to seeing the world juniors happen smack dab in the middle of the nhl season uh this time no it's kind of like an appetizer to hopefully when the nhl gets gearing up and uh what better than christmas day to kick it off and watch the u.s play the russians
0: Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. Whenever our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help.
1: Rick, we're going to stick on the theme of younger players. We've seen some fun lists during the offseason of ranking all types of players, whether it be centers, wings, uh, goalies, um, what have you. There's been a couple out there ranking the top 25 under 25 players. Uh, the NBC Sports National website did it, and so did ESPN recently. And the Flyers, of course, have some guys in, that, in those categories. I know on NBC, Carter Hart cracked the top 25, and Konechny and Ivan Provrov were honorable mentions. On ESPN's list, Carter Hart was number 10. Ivan Provrov was in the top 25. I'm not exactly sure what ranking he was. And then Konechny was an honorable mention. We know Konechny and Provrov are two big young cornerstones for the Flyers. Provrov, of course, the do it all defenseman for the Flyers. Konechny, first time All Star last year. They both face some pre- they're both facing pressure, Brooke, this year going into the season for various reasons. If you could pick one, who is facing more pressure in your mind? Um, and we know why, right? Provrov, of course, is losing Matt yes. Niskanen, and he's going to be, <laughs> hey, put more on my shoulders. Konechny's coming off a goalless playoffs after being the guy for the Flyers. So, yeah, more pressure. Yeah. Which one? Who are you picking, Brooke?
0: So, I'm going to have to go with Provorov
1: mm-hmm. just
0: because the circumstances, you can't judge. I mean, if if the pressure was that high on solely Konechny, if all of the other top guys in the playoffs contributed, I think it would be... Probably be leaning toward him, but you really didn't see top performances from Couturier, Giroux. Konechny fell under that category where they they played all right, but they weren't offensively contributing, and Konechny did fall under that category. So, if that was the case, then every single player should be coming out with some sort of pressure on their shoulders. Well, they should regardless, but. I'm leaning toward Provorov because this is going to be something that is drastically changing Mm -hmm. coming into this season. Uh, All of the forwards at this point have really already played together. They were really developing this chemistry and probably up until the point where Niskanen announced his retirement, Provorov was probably under the impression that he was going to have Niskanen as his partner going into the 2020-2021 season. So – <clears throat> that shakes things up for him, and he's a mental rock. You know, he's he's never going to appear shaken. He's going to adapt to circumstances. That's just the kind of player that Ivan Provorov is. But it's still going to be a tall task for him because now it's like, all right, he did have the most time with Niskanen. He knows his game the most on the blue line. How is he going to be able to help out the other defensemen and kind of step up? And I've said this before on the podcast, too. I think this is a great season and opportunity for Provorov to step up and start being more vocal leadership-wise. That's really the next step that his game needs to start becoming even a more complete player than what he already is. Um, So I'm going to have to go with Provorov just because – he can really wrap up this season and there be no question, no hesitation that he's the top defenseman in the league. And I think that that's something that would be a huge boost of confidence for him. It's huge recognition for the Flyers. I know that this is the direction he's trending in anyways, but this is a great chance for him to just kind of show everybody, I am here and I am good. Hear me roar. (laughs) Maybe not... Maybe not the last part, but, yeah. I'm not saying there's no pressure on Konechny. There obviously is. You sensed his frustration all throughout the playoffs when he couldn't get a single goal on that board for the Flyers. He is somebody, though, that gets really in his head when he's not producing, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Everyone's always frustrated, but he is very – vocal, he's very physical about it on the ice, he'll break sticks, he'll scream you know, out of frustration but the opposing teams know how to get into his head and get under his skin and he's a, he's a pest too, he has the ability to do that for other teams so that's what I'm looking for Connecting to do this coming season is to just be able to be more solid minded with how to react to uh, maybe not accomplishing what he sets out to do right away. I think that alone is going to help his game significantly. Um but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm going to say pro rough because there's just so much responsibility for him and we don't even and like the season hasn't even started. There's no training camp yet. Like it's a lot going to fall on him. So,
1: yeah, you wonder yeah. if I'm glad you mentioned mental fortitude with Travis Konecny, because you wonder if that got the best of Ivan Provrov in 2018-19. A lot of pressure on his shoulders. He was the guy, and uh, I think it wore on him. It wore on him because Absolutely. he wanted, yeah, he wanted to be perfect. He wanted to be this, you know, the do-it-all guy at like 22. Part of that, and is it's the hard fire.
0: to be perfect when the product around you, right, is clearance section,
1: right. Good, you know, part of the uh, the Flyers are at fault for for putting everything on Pro Rob's plate at that young of an age, and then it, and then it you know it got the best of him, I think, and maybe that happened with Travis Konechny too. So yeah, mental fortitude will be so important for Konechny next season because yeah, it's okay if not everything goes your way. How do you respond to it? Do you not let it get the best of you? Do you keep it all in perspective? Because um, yeah, like you said, if you play a big role, you're not going to be perfect every night. Uh, so I want to say Pro Rob as well because he lost a top pair of guy. The Flyers at four, they did not lose a Kevin Hayes, a Claude Giroux, a Sean Couturier. Like, Konechny still has all those guys around him to put up goals, and they were a balanced goal-scoring team last year. They had four guys in the 20s. They had nine in double digits. It was never just like, Konechny, go be our 30, 40 goal scorer, and everyone else is going to kind of help. Everyone was scoring goals last year. It was a very balanced team. They didn't lose any of that. So it's not going to be on connecting shoulders to score goals. Come playoff time, he better score some goals. Because, yeah, he's going to hear it if he doesn't from Philly fans. But Provrov lost a top pair guy with Stanley Cup experience. And now it's, again, it's on him to say, I need to lead the way. I need to be good. Um, I need to eat up the minutes. I need to eat up some responsibilities in Matt Niskanen. And I need to lead at 23 years old. So – I definitely have to say more pressure on Pro Rob. I hope he makes the best of it. I think he will. He's a strong-minded kid. And I think the Flyers still do have better support. Even losing Matt Niskanen, they have better support around him than they did two years ago. There's no doubt about it. Justin Absolutely. Brown, yeah. Travis <laughs> Sanheim is much, much better and around him. Uh, Philip Myers is poised to take stride. So they have guys around them this year. And I think he'll, he'll be fine. But if I had to pick one of them, yeah, I think the pressure's on pro, Rob a little bit more than connect Me, but both are young cornerstones that need to take more strides, 100%. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed Henrik Lundqvist will not be playing for the Capitals this season. It was stunning news that came out on Thursday. And he has a heart condition that will not allow him to play this year. And right now he's focused on finding the remedy to the the condition and getting it better first before he realizes he wants to play again. Uh, So just shocking, sad news. First and foremost, we hope Henry Glunkus is okay, and we hope he gets all the care he needs. His health comes uh, right to the top before hockey, and he's just been such a great ambassador for the game for Sweden. Um, Such a face and such a class guy that the Flyers have seen a lot of in the Metropolitan Division. They were about to see him a lot more with the Capitals his first year in D.C., it's looking like it will not happen, obviously. Heart condition will keep Henrik Lundqvist out for this season. Sad to see. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you saw it? It was very stunning.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, right off the bat, you have to wish him well. You have to wish him a good health and finding, basically, the remedy that's going to work best for him in the sense of him getting ready to return to the game whenever that is because – Yes, he's been in the league for a very long time, but based off of that note, you know that he's not done that was no There was no indication of okay, like, let me focus on my health, my family, and then I'm never going to return to the sport. You know that he's going to do everything that he can to be able to play and you could tell that he was really thrilled to be able to play with Washington and he went to a team that he thought could help him finally get that one thing that has not been checked off of his resume, and that's the Stanley Cup. And, I mean, I fall under the category, well, yes, we do we do cover the Flyers. Yes, I've been a Flyers fan since birth, but he is a legend. He's one of the best that you're ever going to watch in the sport, in the net, and – he rightfully deserves it. I was the same way when Ovechkin finally got his first Stanley cup. I was like, it's, it felt like a moment out of a movie. And I think that it's always like that with the Stanley cup, just because the ceremony and passing it off from player to player is just one of those moments. You'll never forget year in and year out. But I definitely think that Hank is one of those. He's one of those few players in the league right now that, it doesn't seem like his career is going to be finished until he achieves that. So I wish him well. Um, I hope that everything gets sorted out. And as much as it is a pain to watch the flyers play against him, yes, it's been for New York for a significant amount of time, but I was already mentally prepared to see him geared up in Washington. He's always a pleasure to watch because he's a class act because he's Years and years out, like, he's still just as good as he was when he came into the league. And I know that the past season wasn't really ideal, but, you know, not everybody's perfect at all times, but we'll see. We'll see. I think that it benefits the Flyers, though, for so many reasons, because I think that now the Flyers have a chance to emerge as a top team. I mean, I already thought that they were gonna be top two in the Metro or if they realign that division and now it's like, oh, the East and things kind of shake things up. The Capitals and Flyers were still supposed to be aligned in the same division. Um, But I think that this is the one opportunity for the Flyers to be like, yes, it's unfortunate for Washington, Let's make ourselves the clear favorites. So that's where I'm sitting on that. Yeah. How are you feeling about it, though? Because I know that it's still, it's very interesting, and we never really got to see him suit up for Washington just yet. So we don't really even know if he would have been a good fit yeah. for the Caps, but obviously he's always good against the Flyers.
1: So Always good against the Flyers. I believe I, I think he has 50 or over 50 career games against the Flyers and like 35 or so wins uh always has been a thorn in the Flyers side but from a hockey fan perspective boy is he a treat to watch just been so consistent so steady always in net. he always plays it's just incredible what he's done and uh it was yeah to, at first and foremost a bummer for Henrik Lundqvist himself because I know he was so excited to start this next chapter of his career this has be the First time ever he hadn't played for the Rangers and was excited to play for the Capitals. And like you said, Brooke, go after that elusive cup. So major bummer for him, and I hope he's okay. And yeah, I think a bummer for fans of the Flyers, for fans of the Metropolitan Division, or fans of the teams that will be in the realigned Division, because it would have been fun to watch him play against your team, whoever you cheer for. And, uh, you know, the matchups for the Flyers would have been real fun to watch. Carter Hart, young kid against the guy that's been there, done that, Henrik Lundqvist. So that will be a bummer not to see. And absolutely, I think Henrik Lundqvist was a major, major storyline of the Capitals sort of retooling and looking to get back to not being a one-and-done in the playoffs. They had been a one-and-done the past two years after winning the Cup, and they kind of went through a mini retool of getting Henrik Lundqvist bringing in Peter Laviolette, and they were looking very, very promising to kind of surge back to where they were. And, of course, they would have been right there in the Flyers' way. Now they will not have Henrik Lundqvist, and absolutely, it's a chance for the Flyers to kind of cement themselves as possibly a favorite in the realigned division. Uh, If that is the case, it's looking like it will be. Um, But, yeah, those two teams were going to be going at it and competing for that kind of top dog spot. And uh, no Henrik Lundqvist, 100% clears the way a little bit for the Flyers. But I'm sure they're not thinking that, and we're not totally thinking that. We're more so thinking, sucks for Henrik Lundqvist. We hope he's okay. Sucks for hockey, the game, the NHL, the league. Uh, But we we shall see. It's just another interesting, crazy element to 2020 and a crazy, interesting element to this very, very unusual 2020-21 season. But we'll have plenty more on it, Brooke. As we find out more. Brooke Destra, as always, thank you so much. Special thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and Flyers fans, of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This is the latest Flyers Talk Podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.